Welcome to Screw the Hierarchy, episode 11. This is Deb Falzoy, and today I'm talking about why people of color are far less likely to obtain legal representation, which is crucial to winning a case. Are you ready to listen to that answer? More after this. If you're a target of workplace abuse and want to break free of the grips of abusive power, you've found your place. I'm your host, Deb Falzoy, and the podcast begins now. So I'm here today talking about race and legal representation, and specifically about how people of color are far less likely to obtain legal representation. This information, again, comes from this book, Rights on Trial, that I've been talking about. It's written by Ellen Berry, Robert L. Nelson, and Laura Beth Nielsen. It's a phenomenal book. Um, And the two major reasons they cite for this being an issue is the target search for lawyers and the lawyer's search or the lawyer's selection of targets. So on both sides, there's an issue Um, or there are many issues that restrict or limit people of color's access to legal representation. So let's talk first about the target's search for lawyers. So first of all, we're talking about the fact that they're they're likely to have inadequate information or um, social networks to either find lawyers through or that, that have lawyers in. There's there's a widespread lack of trust of the legal profession, and there's a high cost. So I'm going to actually dive into those high costs, what the options are for attorneys. I think that there's a bit of a myth that contingency fee is this widespread option. Contingency fee happens when the bulk of the lawyer's payment is only received if the client prevails. And then there's this other option called contingency fee plus, where there's an upfront fee that's designed to screen out the clients who aren't as serious or an hourly fee added to funds from the award if there's a win. And the factors that are uh, involved with this type of decision to have a contingency fee are the potential damages, so that that excludes low-wage earners because their annual earnings aren't going to be high enough to justify a lawyer uh, working on this contingency fee basis. The potential to win, which often requires some kind of smoking gun evidence. And then um, they, they also want to put in minimal work because it's a risk, right? So they're, they don't want, you know, if there's a loss... They don't want to have to put in a ton of work. So those are the factors, the wages of the of the target, the potential um, damages involved with that, whether there's smoking gun evidence, and then how much work would be involved with the case. Okay, so there's that one, which is more of a risk for the lawyer. Then we have hourly fee, which guarantees payment for the lawyer regardless of the outcome. So there's a little... You know, there's there's more willingness on the lawyer's part to take on these cases, but it also means that the target has to have more money to begin with. They understand that, you know, there's uh, there might be more of an unpredictability in recovery in these cases. 
And it's basically a backup plan for those who can't convince contingency lawyers to accept their cases. And then we have the third option, which is much less accessible. We're talking pro bono, informal representation. Um, Some lawyers will take on these cases. They have to be strong cases where there's some public interest goals and they aren't really money-driven. Um, the problem is with these lawyers that they're hard to find. You know, they, they, they're they not obviously not taking on only pro bono cases. And so they don't, you know, this isn't something that they advertise. So um, they're really difficult to find and they have to make sure that this, again, is a, is a more winnable case for them to put their time, their free time into it. Um, so then let's look at the other side of lawyers selecting clients. So here, here's where a lot of the um, unconscious bias comes into play. So there's a lot of prejudice, questions of credibility, merit, demeanor, ability to pay. This is all racist code, um, and it degrades targets. So to take on a discrimination case, which is not usually a high fraction of what lawyers take on, there has to be some kind of cost-benefit analysis done. So they need to perceive, first of all, that the target's serious about this. And then second of all, that the, the, the target can withstand the trial, even if a successful outcome isn't high. So they're looking for people who can tell a, a compelling story, who can establish credibility in court, who can just be prepared and who can read discouraging assessments as tests of their commitment rather than feeling rejected by this whole thing. So when we're talking about implicit unconscious bias, we're talking about actually reproducing the very racial and class biases that the targets perceive at work. For example, there might be a preference for preparedness that that might disadvantage those with less education, less access to resources, less general knowledge about the law, the legal process, and their presentation styles might not be, um, you know, what a lawyer would consider that would establish credit. So it's really this highly selective process with implicit bias that results in what they say, quote, is only about 10% of people inquiring about cases become. So the bottom line here is that those groups who are most affected by discrimination may be the least likely to have the resources to mount challenges in court. And this this is the whole irony of the whole thing is because we're considering that the legal system is supposed to serve these um, groups of people of color, but the legal system actually better serves non-minority groups. Thank you for listening to Screw the Hierarchy. If you feel like you need more help, I have a free guide to recovery steps at dignitytogether.org targets and a sign up for daily boosts through your inbox at the same place. All of the content in this podcast was created and edited by yours truly, Deb Falzoy, and the music you heard is from Kevin McLeod. All right, have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye.